First, on evacuation, we agreed that we will continue to close our close cooperation to get people out as efficiently and safely as possible. We are currently on a pace to finish by August the 31st. The sooner we can finish, the better. The completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate. Joe Biden had an address yesterday that totally made sense. Just kidding. No, it didn't. Uh, said a lot of different things, including talked about the infrastructure component that's passing through Congress, uh, talked about voting rights, and then decided to meander his way to Afghanistan. Got a lot of interesting stuff around Joe Biden's address yesterday. He's going to walk us through the news of the day yesterday. But uh, while you're here, thanks so much for watching The Joe Bob Show. It starts right about now. One. from a dingy bunker completely cut off from the outside world except for you fine folks my name is joe bob this is the joe bob show thanks for tuning in we gotta it's just it just keeps piling on i don't know what to do this is this is supposed to be a light-hearted fun news infotainment show that you can watch and yeah get your fill on what's going on in the news of the day, but also kind of have a laugh about it, not really take it all that seriously. But apparently, Joe Biden does not like that sort of plan because he keeps coming out and saying stuff that's ridiculous and we have to keep coming out and talking about it, which is really rude, Joe. <laughs> not cool, man. Um, but <laughs> before we get into all of that, because so here's what happened. Joe Biden gave an address yesterday. His address was five hours late, if you were paying attention to the scheduling of it. He about five hours late, probably because of the CIA director meeting with the Taliban, which is the highest level Biden administration person to meet face to face with the Taliban. We'll talk all about that later. He's five hours late on his address. Then he started talking about Congress and the infrastructure infrastructure bill. And then he started talking about voting rights and then somehow got to Afghanistan. So it's stuff we just have to talk about. Uh, also on top of that, Nancy Pelosi had a party with no masks. And uh, good, good for you. Good for you for doing that. The rules are stupid. Break the rules. Even if you did help make the rules and keep pushing for the rules, Nancy Pelosi. And also when I introduce this part of the segment, at the, at the end of this, given that this is like just dire information constantly, at the end of the episode, we've got a new segment called Meme Time, where we all can just laugh a little bit. Hilarious memes uh, that curated from the internet. But before we get into all of that, I have to tell you about Capitalist Propaganda. If you haven't already, head on over to Capitalist Propaganda to check out all of the coolest capitalist gear. Apparently, we have to promote capitalism because that's a thing that we need to do. Uh, capitalist Propaganda has all of the fun t-shirts. Help spread a Capitalist Propaganda to stop the empire. Uh, capitalist Propaganda uh, has a lot of, again, just fun, cool designs promoting capitalism. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Love capitalism. That's one of my favorite ones, and capitalism rocks. Uh, but here's one of the here's one of the ones that I like the most. One of the products on capitalist propaganda that I like the most. If your gas prices are high wherever you live, you need some of these. <laughs> these are the capitalist propaganda gas pump stickers. Uh, Joe Biden, I did that. We did it, Joe. Gas prices higher than Hunter and Biden, and the always popular "Miss Me Yet." President Trump sticker. Uh, head on over to Capitalist Propaganda. Get your Capitalist Propaganda gear. Help promote capitalism. Tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck by sporting the latest Capitalist Propaganda gear. So, Joe Biden 
gives an address yesterday in which he talks about uh, all of the things that are going on in the world, in Afghanistan, all of that sort of stuff. First of all, the messaging has been terrible out of the administration. Literally terrible. <laughs> this is not like a, you know, this is a partisan thing where I don't like Joe Biden and I think his messaging is terrible. I, I don't, but also just this has objectively been bad for them. And it's not entirely just us saying that. People on his side are also saying the messaging coming out of the White House and the administration has been freaking awful. Uh, he was scheduled to give a press conference yesterday. He was five hours late to that press conference. Uh, probably, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, the director of the CIA met with the head of the Taliban to negotiate on behalf of the United States and on behalf of the people in Kabul trying to get to the airport. Most likely, Joe Biden was waiting for the report from that CIA director. And from what he ended up saying about Afghanistan, it looks like whatever that meeting was totally failed. Uh, and that's just apparently probably what happened. Joe Biden was so late. Everyone's probably thinking, okay, he's probably waiting on the report from the CIA director who's meeting with the Taliban officials right now. Okay, no good news is coming out of there. So how do we spin this? And that took them that long to come up with what he was going to say. Uh, he spent the first big chunk of it talking about the infrastructure. Infrastructure. This new definition of infrastructure, whatever that is uh, nowadays. Human infrastructure. That's all nonsense, by the way. Um, infrastructure is infrastructure. Anything outside of infrastructure that's not infrastructure is not infrastructure. So stop calling everything infrastructure. My t-shirt is infrastructure. Uh, then he went on to talk about voting. because. You know, huge problem in Afghanistan right now, but we got to make sure that, uh, I don't know, whoever gets whatever service they need. And also voting rights that aren't, aren't at all being threatened in any way, shape, or form anywhere. But the Democrats continue to push the idea that voter suppression is rampant in places like Georgia, Texas, and Florida that passed very reasonable voting laws. We're not going to get into a ton of that, but if you want to, we did a full episode over on The Daily Caller, uh, Quality Control, on how ridiculous the whole voter suppression nonsense is. So if you get a chance, go check that out over on The Daily Caller. Also, just a reminder, if you miss any segment of this or you want to catch up or you want to share it with your friends, uh, you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You can download uh, the podcast really anywhere. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify specifically, are the places where you get your podcasts for this show. Share it with your friends. Again, the majority of this is supposed to be kind of a lighthearted take on the news of the day. But dang it, Joe, you're making it difficult for me to be funny. Um, so to get into the president's speech, he did bring up a lot of things that did happen yesterday. So we are kind of going to use a guide that the president set to go through the, what the House voted on yesterday, because you, we still should be aware of that, because while the Afghanistan situation is thoroughly important, uh, can't let D.C. be sneaky, sneaky behind our backs while we're focused over here. Uh, Donald Trump said something along those lines. This is, uh, this is day two with no hat. Feel naked. We're doing a daily caller thing right after this, so I had to get ready and stuff. Um, but yeah, Donald Trump said that... Uh, <laughs> uh, that this is going to be, uh, geez, lost my train of thought here. Shouldn't have talked about the hair. Um, 
basically, the president was giving an address, started talking about uh, infrastructure. Oh, yeah, Donald Trump saying that, be careful, the magician directs you over here, misdirect, and then in D.C. they're doing something. So we have to talk about what's going on in the House. This is what Joe Biden said in resp- at the beginning of his Afghanistan address, talking about what the House passed yesterday. Listen to this. And the House allowed them to consider my Build Back Better agenda, a broad framework to make housing more affordable, bring down the cost of prescription drugs by giving Medicare the power to negotiate lower prices for drugs. These investments are going to lower out-of-pocket expenses for families and not just give them a little more breathing room. In addition, we're going to make long overdue, much-needed investments in basic, hard infrastructure of this nation. Yeah, so Joe Biden and the Democrats continuing to push this infrastructure nonsense. Here's what the House did yesterday, just so we can be aware of what happened yesterday uh, in the House. Because, again, can't miss what's going on in D.C. Uh, The Washington Post said this. House Democrats on Tuesday approved roughly a $3.5 trillion budget that could enable sweeping changes to the nation's health care, education, and tax laws, overcoming their own internal divisions to take the next step in enacting President Biden's broader economic agenda that will uh, result in the francification of the United States, becoming a less enthused developer on the world stage. The 220 to 212 party line vote came after days of delays as Speaker Pelosi, a Democrat from California, scrambled to stave off the revolt from her party's moderating leaning lawmakers. With the frenzy resolved, the chamber averted what would have been a political embarrassment for the White House and its allies, even as the debacle foreshadowed much tougher fights among Democrats still on the horizon. Basically, The Washington Post is saying that Nancy Pelosi had a tough time getting this through, as she should. It's $3.5 trillion of money that we don't have and, quite frankly, don't need to spend. I don't know if you were aware of this, but we already passed a trillion-dollar bill in the Senate. Nancy Pelosi won't vote on that, though, until this $3.5 trillion nonsense boondoggle of making America less enthusiastic about being a forward-thinking society passes through the House. Um... This is just a budget outline. This is not legislation that goes to Joe Biden's desk. It's not legislation that goes through to the Senate. They basically passed a resolution saying we want to pass this budget. Hopefully, guys like Joe Manchin, uh, women like Kristen Sinema, senators uh, who are modern day Republicans, really, they're more fiscal conservatives than even some Republicans in the House. But Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are are saving grace currently. Joe Manchin elected in uh, West Virginia, a very Republican, very red state. He's a Democrat. But he keeps getting elected because he's responsible and reasonable and understands that, holy cow, we can't spend this kind of money. Kristen Sinema, same way, Democrat in Arizona. Uh, Both of them are responsible enough, hopefully, to say, no, we, we can't spend another $3.5 trillion on top of the trillion dollars we already spent, on top of the $4 trillion we already spent on COVID stuff earlier this year of money that we don't have and don't need. Hopefully, we can get those people to stay on the side of some sort of fiscal responsibility because inflation will then go through the roof. Um, the Washington Post goes on to say about the House 
that's kind of a it's just a fractured system. They say, but the House approved a $3.5 trillion plan Tuesday only after a protracted debate that exposed the fractitious and fragile nature of the Democratic caucus. Even Biden and his top aides had to intervene this week to break the stalemate within their party, illustrating the perils that they may face in shepherding significant new spending along with tax increases to passage in the weeks ahead. So the Biden administration had a, had a difficult time even just getting their act together to pass this budget outline. Uh, thankfully, the only reason, not the only reason, but the reason we're bringing this up is because Joe Biden decided to talk about it. Here's what he said uh, about people paying their fair share, which is the biggest load of nonsense out there. Watch this. This is all paid for. Instead of giving every break in the world to corporations and CEOs, by the, by, the, by the way, 55 of our largest companies in America paid zero dollars in federal That's taxes. That's not how that on works, more than Joe. Forty billion dollars in profit last year. We can ask corporations and the very wealthy just to pay their fair share. They can still be very wealthy. They can still make a lot of money, but just begin to pay their fair share. The whole fair share argument thing is just stupid. Uh, here's a couple fun statistics. Uh, <laughs> 62% of people in the United States did not pay federal income tax. Want to talk about paying their fair share? Yeah, everybody. Why don't we? Why don't we all pay a flat tax? That would be fair, President, Mr. President. Any of you Bernie, AOC, Elizabeth Warren people that talk about, oh, we're gonna pay their fair share. How fair is it that 62% of people didn't pay federal income tax? And also, he talks about corporations. Remember, corporations aren't real things. They're organizing structures. They're hierarchies. Corporations are people. When you tax corporations, you just tax people because people are corporations. They're interchangeable. Corporations aren't this completely separate entity that are completely immune from all of the human reactions that go along with being taxed at a higher rate than you're supposed to be. Corporations are just organizations. That, that's all it is. So talking about corporations paying their fair share in taxes. Give me a break, Joe. He knows better than that. Uh, and talking about paying their fair share, I don't think we quite understand how massive the government is and the quote-unquote fair share. People make a lot of hay about Jeff Bezos. They made Jeff Bezos went into uh, space the other day, a couple weeks ago, the Blue Origin fight, flight. Uh, they talked about, oh, what if, what if Jeff Bezos instead spent that money to help the needy or, or in taxes or whatever? If the entire money, if, if every penny that Jeff Bezos spent on his space flight went to the federal government, it would run the federal government for about eight hours. If Jeff Bezos' entire net worth, every penny he had, his entire net worth, went to the federal government, it would run the federal government for about 12 days. So get out of here with your crap about them paying for everything, because how about we just stop spending so much? Then we flat tax everybody, and then it's fair. 68% of people didn't pay federal income tax. Talk about fair. Jeff Bezos paying everything that he owns. Again, I'm not really even a Jeff Bezos fan. I don't want to defend Jeff Bezos. But if he were to pay every single dollar that he had to the federal government, it would run the federal government for 12 days. That's not even including state taxes. 
That, that's just everything he owns. 12 days. Uh, so, no, the whole taxing pay, people people paying their fair share is a bunch of nonsense, Joe. Uh, also, you want to talk about paying your fair share? President Ghani, the Afghan president that bounced, took with him $160 million. So, hey, we know where he is. Maybe we go get that money. If you're so if you're so worried about paying for these massive boondoggles of infrastructure, infrastructure bills, maybe you should make President Ghani who completely abandoned his entire country and bounced with 160 million US dollars, maybe you should make him pay his fair share. Just, just a thought. I don't know. Maybe I'm a dumb guy. Uh, fair is taxing everybody a fair rate. Am I right, Ron Paul? Then, finally, Joe Biden starts in on Afghanistan. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait no. He starts talking about voting rights because that is relevant. Listen to this. Thank everyone who voted to support the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. You know, advancing, uh, it's an act to restore and expand voting protections, to prevent voter suppression, and to secure the most sacred of American rights, the right to vote freely, the right to vote fairly, and the right to have your vote counted. The House is active. None of that's happening. The Senate also has to join them to send this uh, important bill to my desk. And the Senate has to move forward on the People's Act, critical legislation to protect our democracy and the right to vote. We need both of those those election bills. Okay, first of all, no, we don't, because that's not none of that none of that stuff that he's worried about is happening. The whole voter suppression. Look, we, we again, if you want to check out Daily Caller uh, quality control, we did an entire episode on voting rights. Voting rights are not being taken away from anybody. That's it's just wrong. What people are doing is fortifying elections. We've talked time after time on this show is that voter fraud doesn't mean that you've found voter fraud. Voter fraud is the potential to commit voter fraud because we don't know. We have no idea. So quit with the voter suppression thing. Let's start asking Joe Biden and the Democrats and the administration, how come they're not interested in stopping fraud suppression? Sorry, in promoting fraud suppression. How come it is that Joe Biden doesn't want to suppress fraud? He only wants completely unregulated voting rules. Look, look the, the first, first things first, the states have control of voting. They always have. It's in the Constitution. States have voting rights. So this could be one of those things where they pass it. Congress passes because Congress sucks and doesn't do their job, and they leave everything to the Supreme Court. This could be a thing where they, they just... Send it over to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court. No, this is not constitutional at all. This is a state's decision. You can't just override the Constitution because you think that the federal government is better at controlling votes. And also, in this bill, eliminates voter ID. You, you, you need a vaccine passport to go eat at Chili's, but you don't need an ID to vote. How ridiculous is that? Um, but nevertheless, Joe Biden diminished the entirety of the segregated South when he called the voting laws, the new Jim Crow, which is just completely out of line and completely out of hand um, from the president. But nevertheless, he decided to talk about this, talk about infrastructure and then this. And then finally, he started talking about Af Afghanistan. Now, the news leaked earlier in the day that Joe Biden called, had a call with the G7 countries uh, and was clear to them that we would be out by August 31st. That was what Joe Biden 
supposedly said in these meetings. Then he waited five hours. His press conference was five hours late. I wouldn't even call it a press conference. His address was five hours late. And he continued to uphold the idea that we're leaving on the 31st of this month. Listen to this from Joe Biden. Uh, let me back up this clip really. We agreed that we will continue to close our close cooperation to get people out as efficiently and safely as possible. We are currently on a pace to finish by August the 31st. The sooner we can finish, the better. The completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate and allow access to the airport for those who were, trans were transporting out and no disruptions to our operations. In addition, I've asked the Pentagon and the State Department for contingency plans to adjust the timetable should that become necessary. So, so just right there in that one little segment, Joe Biden said, we will be out by August 31st. And also, in case we aren't, here's the plan. Here's what I told the Pentagon to come up with a contingency plan. Now, I want to read some stuff from the Wall Street Journal about what's going on on the ground in Afghanistan. Uh, also, regarding Joe Biden's August 31st deadline, the Wall Street from the Wall Street Journal wasn't clear that how the Taliban decision to block Afghanistan's from leaving the country would affect the U.S. efforts to extract translators and others who have assisted the U.S. over the past two decades. The White House press secretary Jen Psaki said that the White House is reaching out to Afghans who have secured special immigrant visas to give them instructions on when and how to get to the airport. She said the U.S. expects the Taliban to let those individuals into the airport. Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, expects the Taliban to cooperate. Okay. Bad position to be in when you have to, un when you have to trust the Taliban. On Tuesday night, the Taliban blocked roads to the airport, shooting in the air to disperse crowds, according to witnesses, Afghanis Afghans, an Afghan who worked for a Western organization and tried to reach the airport said that he had been told by the Taliban fighters manning the checkpoints that they are under orders to only let through convoys organized by foreign assemblies. Individuals, even if holding valid travel documents, were being turned away. So the report on the ground, again, this is coming from the Wall Street Journal, saying that they're wrong. Joe Biden gave an address on Friday where he said there's no problems going through the airport. Jen Psaki said that we're going to get everybody out yesterday. Uh, that is not the case on the ground. Individuals, even if holding valid travel documents, were being turned away. On top of that, Central Intelligence Agency Director William Burns, Mr. Burns, met with the secretary secretly with the Taliban's top figure, uh, Abdul Ghani Baradar. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I do not care if I pronounce his name right. Uh, he's a murderer and killer and leads a terrorist organization in Kabul on Monday. Uh, so the director of the CIA met with the Taliban in Kabul on Monday. U.S. officials said, in what appears to be the highest level engagement between the Biden administration and the Taliban to date, details on the meeting weren't immediately available. The CIA declined to comment. The administration sent the CIA director to chat with the Taliban. And apparently, it didn't work. Because, like we said, Joe Biden's address was delayed by five hours which probably means that he knew the CIA director was over there meeting with the Taliban. He understood that there was going to be some sort of result out of that meeting. And look, from what Joe Biden said about the 31st deadline is, the Taliban said, uh, no, we're staying to that line. Uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw had some thoughts on 
the quote unquote red line in the sand. Uh, listen to this from Congressman Dan Crenshaw. On Afghanistan, by now you've heard that uh, Joe Biden has no intention of extending the August 31st deadline. Now, that deadline was self-imposed by Joe Biden himself this entire time. And because he self-imposed it, well, the Taliban made it their red line. Last couple of days, they've been beating their chest saying, that's our red line. You have to be out by then. Now, our answer to that should and should always be, uh, or what? What are you going to do about it? Um, and if you try to get in the way of us getting our people out, we'll kill you. That should be our answer, just to be clear. Unfortunately, that's not Joe Biden's answer. So Dan Crenshaw then comes out and says, and this is this is the opinion that a lot of United States uh, citizens or, or uh Congress people, representative, military people, a lot of us have this same opinion. Joe Biden set the August 31st deadline. Then the Taliban took the August 31st deadline. Now we're in a situation where we're like, logistically, it's not possible to get all of the people out that we need to get out by August 31st. Yet Joe Biden is saying we're going to hold to that deadline because the Taliban are holding us to the deadline that he imposed in the first place. How crazy is that? Dan Crenshaw's idea, opinion, is that our reaction should be, or what? What are you going to do? Now, unfortunately, the Taliban hold all the cards because they can do a lot. Seriously, and that's not, you know, I, I just looking at things as a trying to be objective about it, but the Taliban has all the cards currently in the situation that we're in. And unfortunately, we have to do everything that we're doing is allowed by the Taliban. The administration put us in a position where the Taliban hold all of the cards. You know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but you know what's going to suck is when we find out what we gave up to get people into the airport. And by gave up, I mean like what we had to pay. We Remember the Obama pallet of United States cash? Something like that undoubtedly happened in whatever negotiations have been going on between the United States and the Taliban. It, it's almost a certainty. What's going to suck is finding out what, what that was. But I agree with Jan Crenshaw. The Taliban don't get to make the rules. We set the deadline. The Taliban doesn't get to take that deadline and say, no, this is, this is the line in the sand. You cannot cross it. Absolutely not. Screw those guys. Dan Crenshaw also tweeted, uh, we brought it up yesterday, the only appropriate response to the Taliban saying, this is the red line in the sand, saying, go F yourselves. Again, Dan Crenshaw's words, not mine. Uh, nevertheless, Jen Psaki, in the last 24 hours, has done some flip-flopping. Holy cow, go figure. The White House press secretary does some flip-flopping. Uh, here's a clip of Jen Psaki saying that anybody who wants to get out can get out. And then literally 24 hours later saying, ah, some might be left behind. Said there may be some. I think that was her exact, exact quote. Listen to this clip from Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, uh, Jen Psaki. It's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. 
We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan. I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. If one U.S. citizen was suddenly discovered, you know, saying, hey, I really want to get out and I'm stuck, uh, again, we expect there could be some. <laughs> again, we expect that there could be some Americans stranded. Uh, this is Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, uh, talking again. Uh, yeah, so not even 24 hours. She said, no, no, they're not stranded. Peter Ducey from Fox News saying, are they stranded? Because it sure seems like they're stranded. And then you get into the whole semantics game of it's not a crisis. It is a crisis. Well, what the heck is a crisis? What is stranded? Is it actually stranded? Or the- all that, it seems like a dumb game to play right now with everything that's at stake and on the line. The White House has a terrible messaging problem. See, oh, hire me. I've been doing messaging for political campaigns for years. I can spin better than the rest of them, uh, than, the, than the best of them. Probably not. But uh, yeah, if you need some help, I'm, I'm here. I can fix the messaging problem. Uh, my salary is a million dollars a year, and I'd, uh, I don't, wouldn't agree with anything I'm saying, but... You know, I can be bought. I just like, I like everybody to know I can be bought. <laughs> um, but uh, Jen Psaki, less than 24 hours after saying, we're getting everybody out. People are not stranded. To Peter Ducey of Fox News then says, ah, there might be some. Is it, the question was uh, not any. Basically, the question at the forefront of that clip was, if there is one American left behind enemy lines, are we going to send in reinforcements? to go get them. Uh, and she said, well, we're focused on getting in. Just didn't answer the question. And then he said, not even a single one. And she said, well, there may be some. So that's what is going on there. Uh, Want to get to a couple quick things before we get into our closing memes of the day. Meme time is fun. Um, but a couple things that happened yesterday that I want to bring up in the comments section uh, were pretty good. Um, let's see. There's, uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Talk about the Supreme Court decision in a – talk about the Supreme Court decision. It's a Trump and America win. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. Uh, the Supreme Court decision yesterday upheld the circuit court's decision – sorry, a federal judge's decision in Texas that the Biden administration needs to reinstitute the stay in Mexico policy or stay in your home country policy for immigrants coming into the United States uh, illegally. Supreme Court said, hey, you got to put it back. Now, if you won't all remember, there was a Harvard-Harris poll that came out a couple months ago that had the United States people overwhelmingly in agreement that the border is out of control and the Biden administration is doing a terrible job. A majority of voters said that the Biden administration needs to put the Trump policy back in place, which is exactly what that federal judge in Texas did and what the Supreme Court upheld yesterday. So Eric, thanks for pointing that out. Uh, good point. Uh, here's another fun comment from YouTube. Uh, we don't negotiate with terrorists. We give them whatever they want the Biden administration. I understand the sarcasm. Yeah. But seriously, we don't negotiate with terrorists. That's the United States stance. But unfortunately, we've had to negotiate with terrorists because the terrorists hold all the cards because the Biden administration had a terrible exit strategy of Afghanistan. So, yeah, 
While I understand that this is a sarcastic comment, it's totally accurate. It's like the Babylon Bee nowadays. It's hard to parody things anymore because of how ridiculous the world is. You read some Babylon Bee articles and you're like, oh, shoot. I can't tell if that's real or not. But seriously, uh, Jeffrey, thanks. Yeah, we don't negotiate with terrorists. We give them whatever they want. Um, anything else happened yesterday that was interesting? Uh, let's see. Let's go through. Let's go through. Let's go through. Let's go through. This is another one from Eric. Voting ID can't happen because they can't cheat. Uh, now, again, I'm not a big proponent of the widespread voter fraud conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a, I don't, I don't think, here's the thing. I've worked on a lot of political campaigns, some presidential campaigns. I've seen the internal workings of a political campaign. They are chaotic. They are crazy. And to say that a political campaign was able to organize a mass rehaul or overhaul of election systems and screw over the entirety of the electorate is a pretty far-fetched idea. Political campaigns, all the way up to the presidential level, are the most unorganized, crazy, chaotic things in the world. They, there's, I think there's no possible way they could have orchestrated something on a fraudulent level on a mass scale. Having said that, I probably lost a couple people when I'm saying that, but having said that, here's what I will say. There are a ton of voting laws, especially in states like California, that are insane, that open up the possibility for voter fraud. Now, to me, that's just as good as voter fraud. Not, not as good, just as, it's the same as voter fraud. The ability to commit voter fraud, because you won't catch it, is the same thing to me as voter fraud. So voter fraud to me, when I say voter fraud, I'm talking about the ability to commit voter fraud. The election laws need to be such that you can't commit voter fraud. It should be an impossibility to commit voter fraud because we have to have safe and secure elections. That's the only thing that matters in the United States is we believe in the electoral process. That's really it. It really doesn't matter who wins because if somebody, quote unquote, wins and nobody believes it, we're screwed doesn't matter if you agree with that person or disagree with that person, but you have to have the overwhelming majority of people believe in the electoral system. And that is what I say is voter fraud. The idea that somebody can feasibly cheat in an election. Also a fun fact, and we've mentioned this several times, the Secretary of State's office in California, home to 40 million people, 22, registered, 22 million registered voters, has two people in charge of voter fraud detection. So uh, that is uh, a little bit ridiculous. Um, if you're in California, we had a story yesterday about the uh, ballots, the 300 ballots uh, yesterday. We don't have it pulled up right now, but there's 300 ballots that got picked up in somebody's car um, by the Torrance police because we just send ballots everywhere. We don't purge the voter rolls. Uh, we have motor voter systems. And by that, I mean, so motor voter, you, you go to the DMV, you get registered to vote, whether you know it or not. So you have a ballot in your, in your mailbox, whether you're expecting it or not, could be gone or not. Uh, and we don't purge the voter rolls. So if somebody moves out of town, moves to a different location, dies, we don't purge the voter rolls. Uh, I'm reluctant to say this, but I'm going to, but I have two ballots now with my name on them. I'm 
going to do the right thing and only vote once. And there's a lot of you that'll say, well, they wouldn't count the other. No, but I have a ballot that was sent to a place that I live and a ballot that I sent to a place that I now live. Or sorry, lived and now live. And I'm not the only one. I have a friend who is not here legally. One of my, one of my best friends. Guy who's uh, not supposed to be here. Gets a ballot. I don't know. Maybe we should purge the voter rolls. Voter voter might be a bad thing. Just a thought, California. Um, let me see. Uh, so here's how we want to end this today. This is, uh, we're calling this meme time. Because everything is so serious nowadays. We need to have a little bit of a laugh. This is meme time. Uh, sharing a couple fun things from around the internet. Uh, first one is, <laughs> here's, here's this hilarious one. Sun Tzu. This is uh, in response to the Joe Biden administration leaving the Bagram Air Base. Always abandon your most strategic air base right before an evacuation. Sun Tzu, the art of war. Obviously, this is funny. Uh, this is not really in. <laughs> this is not really in that uh, Sun Tzu art of war book. Uh, let's get to another one. It's meme time. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> People, we're in the middle of a terrible pandemic and the hospital beds are full. Also, people, have you seen this box crate challenge? People trying to balance on this box, these box crates? It's ridiculous. Um, another meme, it's meme time. Uh, <laughs> this one's bad. I'll be, this one's bad. I don't endorse this. But some people might find it funny, so we're going to show it. Yeah, this is just unfair. When you don't have a brain to freeze, if you're just listening to this, uh, it's a meme that says, you don't have a brain to freeze, and it's Joe Biden eating a bunch of ice cream. You know, that's just unfair. That is just unfair. Uh, and by unfair, I still mean it is hilarious. Let's get into one more. It is meme time, ending the show with some funnies. Uh, <laughs> here's the uh, Taliban. Peace talks with the Taliban. The Taliban say they promise to keep things peaceful. And then if you're not familiar with meme culture, here's Leonardo DiCaprio's face basically saying, <laughs> nope. Uh, last thing to wrap up meantime. This is, uh, this is hilarious. If you haven't seen this clip floating around the internet already, this is a Delta Airline announcement over a loudspeaker at an airport. Listen to this. We might play it a couple times so you can get it. It's, uh, the volume's a little bit rough to hear, but you can, uh, you can hear it. Let's listen to this. Delta Airlines is paging recall Newsom. <laughs> I'm gonna play that again really quick because it's hilarious. Delta Airlines is paging recall Newsom. Please meet your party at. So somebody clearly put recall Newsom as their name on their airline ticket. Oh my gosh, does that mean they had to change their name? That would be hilarious. If somebody went through the effort of all of that, I would like to have you on the show. Please find them, reach out to me. And if they, if they went to the DMV, changed their name to Recall Newsom, and then had it announced on the Delta Airlines speaker because they missed their flight, uh, I want to talk to that person. That is, that is a hilarious thing. Let me play this clip one more time if you didn't catch it. <laughs> Delta Airlines is paging. Recall Newsom. Please 
Hilarious. Delta Airline paging recall newsome. Uh, that's a great place to end. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, if you're a subscriber to the Daily Caller Patriots, I'll be on the dispatch today, right about after this, talking about the news of the day in a much more serious way. I've got to wear a jacket and all that stuff. Uh, make me look serious. Uh, that's why I'm in day two of No Hat Day. Um, if you missed any of the podcast or if you missed any of the show, make sure to check it out on the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of the places where you can get your podcasts. You can go to Facebook. You can watch it on YouTube. Share it with your friends. Again, kind of a lighter-hearted take on the news of the day. Uh, the Joe Bob Show coming at you each and every morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter live anywhere you can watch. And again, you can also watch replays of the show or get the podcast anywhere you want to go. Thank you to Capitalist Propaganda. If you haven't, get one of those hilarious gas pump stickers. Uh, I'm going to pull this up one more time because I think it's hilarious. Um, go and get your gas pump stickers uh, <laughs> at capitalistpropaganda.us. The Joe Biden, I did that. Kamala Harris, we did it, Joe. Gas prices are higher than Hunter Biden and the always favorite, you miss me yet. Donald Trump gas pump sticker. Uh, get those over at capitalistpropaganda.us. Thank you, Capitalist Propaganda. Support them. Support this show. Uh, also, if you haven't seen my show on Daily Caller called Quality Control, we do a weekly deep dive into the political and cultural topics of the day. That's over on Daily Caller called Quality Control with yours truly. This last week, we did an Afghanistan episode. The week before that, we did the LoveGov Quovo. The week before that, <laughs> Cuomo. Before that, we did vaccine mandates and why they're ridiculous. But so if you haven't checked over uh, at Daily Caller for quality control, make sure you do so. That'll do it for us today. Uh, we'll be right back here tomorrow with all new stuff. Hopefully the president doesn't say anything ridiculous yet again. Uh, but regardless, if he does, we'll have it here. Thanks for tuning into the Joe Bob Show. God bless America. 